We'll get into that a little bit more, I guess, here as we dive in. Um, it is such a privilege, as always, uh, to be sharing and opening God's Word with you guys. I, I can't say that enough. Uh, just to be able to see you here every Sunday, seeking God, you know, worshiping God, and seeking God, what is it that you have for my life? It is so encouraging uh, for me as a pastor to be able to be a part of that with you. Um, and I can't wait to see what he's going to show us this morning. As we dive into week two of our sermon series on the Holy Spirit uh, that we're calling Filled with God, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, as, as just a, a reminder, last week we opened up this series and I asked us to think about our experiences, our backgrounds, and our assumptions about this whole thing called the Holy Spirit. And I shared my own story. How I grew up mostly as a kid in a church tradition that talked a lot about the Bible, but talked very little about the Holy Spirit. But then in college, I joined a Pentecostal college ministry. And anybody here grew up Pentecostal or have some background in there? You know, man, like you talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. All the time. And you talk about these, for me, these new strange things, so gifts of the Spirit, you know, and all, all these, like there's a whole new, whoa. And after all of that, these polar different experiences, I ended up going to seminary quite confused. And that led me on a quest for myself of saying, all right, God, I'm going to dig into your word. I'm going to ask you to show me, who is your Holy Spirit? Really? Who is he? And that was our focus last week, was answering that central question. Who is this thing that God talked about, the Holy Spirit? And we saw from last week, if you, as you, if you remember, we, we started in the book of Genesis, seeing how the Spirit of God breathed life onto all creation. And then we ended looking at that scene where Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, giving God's new life to them. We looked and saw that the Holy Spirit is not a force like Star Wars, right, that we can bend and manipulate. But instead, he, he is the third person of our triune God. He has a will, emotions, intellect. We saw that the Holy Spirit um, is not a genie that we control. But he is co-equal, God the Father, God the Son, united, one God, three persons. He is worthy of our worship. And so after laying a lot of that foundation last week, I strongly encourage you, please uh, go back. If you didn't get a chance to catch last week, go back and check that out. But this week, we're going to dive into this question of what does it mean when Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is one who would speak to us? What does that mean? Now, some of you guys, again, you grew up in traditions where the whole language of God told me, God spoke to me is very normal for you. That was not normal for me. It really wasn't until high school that I ever heard anybody say, like, God told me this, God told me that. And I can remember one of the first times that I experienced this. And it was a time in my life when I really needed a connection with God. In high school, um, I, I really struggled liking who I was. Put it frankly, I hated who I was. So much of my understanding of my value depended on what I could do or who accepted me. And at that time, I went to a 2,000 student public high school, and I was a B-plus student, right? I was athletic, but not enough to stand out. I played a lot of music, but I couldn't really find my group. Like, there was nothing about me that would say, ah, well, that's who I am, or that's what will give me credit. And because of that, I struggled with a lot of intense anger and just loathed who I was. And it got to a place in high school where it, just, it got so difficult 
that I decided, man, I, I just, I need God to speak to me in this. I didn't know what that meant. I, didn't know what, I need God to speak to me in this. And at that time, my parents and I were going to a church. Um, and in that church, there were about four or five people who would meet weekly to pray. And they invited anybody who needed prayer. You could come and participate and be part of that. And I'd never done anything like that before, but I was pretty desperate at that time for just a connection with God and said, all right. So I walked in to that room and I said, I need prayer. I need prayer. I didn't tell them a ton about what was going on. Um, But those in this prayer circle, they said, okay, all right, we'll have a seat. And so then they invited the Holy Spirit to come speak to them. Okay. And then I, after praying for a moment, one of the women said, uh, there's something I feel like God wants me to say to you. I'm like, wait, what? Like, uh, God spoke to you, all right? I was skeptical. I'm not going to lie. I was skeptical. And, but then this woman began to name my struggle. And after that, she was able to say, but this is the truth of God. And I can't remember everything she said, but I remember how it felt. I remember what she spoke felt like cool water on a dry soul. Because in the love, like I felt the love of God upon my being as I heard the truth of God as to who I really was. That who I was did not depend on who accepted me or what I could do, but who I was was because God loved me. And I remember that was a moment that just, just it was a transformational moment for me. The walking out of that place, I was like, whoa. But after that experience, like you can't help but ask these other questions like, how did they know? And like, you get a little paranoid sometimes. Like, well, like what else do they know about me? <laughs> like, do they have some x-ray on my soul? Like, what is this? Now, since that day, there have been several other times when I, you know, had somebody speak, you know, God said this or God said that. And I've seen how they've been on target, right, several times. But over time, like, the questions have still, I, I still ask myself these questions. Like, do I believe that the Holy Spirit does want to and can speak, number one? And do I believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to me? And if so, like, how would I even know? How would I know if the Holy Spirit is speaking to me? And on top of that, like, since then, I've experienced times, too, where some people claim to hear from God's Spirit, but as a result of their words or actions, they end up doing more damage than good. What's up with that? Why is it that sometimes people claim to hear God, but they get it wrong? And why is it also that sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking and I completely miss it? You know, we're going to take all these questions today. And we're going to go right to a passage in John 15 and 16. Where Jesus is speaking to his disciples the night before he is crucified. And as he's speaking to them, he informs them. He says, I'm going to soon return to the Father. But I'm going to send you one he calls the Spirit of Truth who will speak to you. So what does that mean? What does that look like? And in an age like ours where there is so much noise and everyone seems to be convinced that they have the corner of the market on truth, right? Like how do we learn to discern the voice of God's Spirit, the Spirit of truth for ourselves. Let's dive in. 
John 15, starting at verse 26. If you want to grab one of the blue pewback Bibles in front of you, we're on page 876. 876. And we try to say frequently, if you do not have a Bible at home, take one of ours. Like, this is our gift to you. Uh, we would love for you to take it. Just encourage you to read it. John 15, starting at verse 26. And if you guys could please stand with me as we read this together. We're going to read from John 15, verse 26, to chapter 16, verse 15. And just follow as I read out loud. And again, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. And I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? Rather, you were filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good. Everybody say, your good. That I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you will see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, everybody say spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Everybody pray after me and say, God, open my heart, open my mind, open my ears to hear what you have to say. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. Thank you. So again, what we just read are among Jesus' last words to his disciples. His time is short before he's going to death. And in his final time, this is one of the main things he talks to them about. Typically, before you die, whatever you say is pretty important. So why would Jesus spend his final moments with his disciples whom he loved talking about the Holy Spirit? Because he knows that if we are to follow him in this world, we must learn to discern the voice of his spirit. See, Jesus knows exactly what's coming. He's about to die to become the sacrifice for the sin of the world. He's going to rise again on the third day, conquering death. And then, after appearing to many, he will ascend and take his rightful place as the king of kings and lord of lords. But, thankfully, he would not ascend to God and on his way up say, good luck, praying for you, right? Hope it works out. He says in John 14, I'm not going to leave you alone. 
I'm not going to leave you as orphans, he said. But the spirit of truth will be with you and will be in you. Why? Jesus says, because he will guide you into all truth so that you will not fall away. Jesus, better than anybody, knew the schemes of God's enemy, Satan. He knew the proliferation of deception in this world. He knew how overwhelming it would all be. He knew there would come days that we as people would say, man, like, I, I think I know what's true, but everybody else seems to know what's true too, and theirs is very different than mine, so what is truth? He knew there would come days when we were overwhelmed and tempted to be confused and could potentially fall away. Especially when, Jesus says, there are even people who are killing Christians and totally convinced that this is what God wants for them. Like, talk about deception. And in the midst of all that confusion, it can lead us to what if they're right? And sadly, we've known many Christians who have ended up following the outrage, the morals, and the voices of the day instead of weighing it against the truth of God. But while we live in a world of confusion, he has given us the spirit of what? Truth. And Jesus said, the reason we can trust the spirit and his voice Is it because he will not speak on his own? He will speak only what he hears. What does that mean? Well, Jesus expounds on it. And he says, all that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus. All that belongs to Jesus belongs to the Spirit. Basically, everything the Spirit speaks flows from within the very triunity, the trinity of God. This means, why is this relevant? Because it means that the Spirit is not an outside messenger. But when we hear the voice of the Spirit, we're hearing the very voice of God. And no one knows truth fully. But God, for after all, God is the architect, the creator, the sustainer of all that is. He is the one transcended over all that is. He is the one present with all that is. So don't we think that he is the one who's the most reliable for what is and is not? Absolutely. And Jesus says, he's given us his spirit. Not a messenger from the outside, but the very spirit of God is the one who speaks to us and guides us into all truth. I'm sorry, is that not amazing? I mean, it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. But the thing I find with a lot of Christians is that while we may believe that God's Spirit speaks, we may not believe He speaks to us. And for a long time, I thought, well, like... Yeah, I believe God's Spirit speaks. I just don't think I'm special enough for God to speak to me. You know, I'm not like those super spiritual women in that prayer circle. <laughs> you know, I was not the, you know, the, 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 the bigwig church person, right? Like, I, whatever category we have to get to and attain in our minds, I'm not that. So, like, I don't think the Spirit speaks to me. Maybe He speaks to His disciples. I'm normal. I'm just a normal person. But I want you to get this, and I'm pleased to hear this. 
Scripture says that no one comes to believe in Christ unless the Spirit first reveals to them the reality of their sin, the reality of Jesus, and their need for him. So when you and I were without Jesus, the Spirit revealed to us our need for Jesus. Because after all, Jesus said the Spirit testifies as to who he is. So if you're in here and you have a relationship with Christ, if you love Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've been forgiven of your sin, guess what? You already have experience hearing the voice of his Spirit. Like it's not a matter of if, it's just he already has. And if he's spoken to you then, guess what? He speaks to you now too. But sometimes we don't hear the voice of God because we simply believe we can't. But the truth is that Jesus wants us to hear the voice of his spirit more often than we want to hear it. (laughs) All right, Kirk. Okay, so the spirit speaks. Fine, 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 fine. Um, But like, what what am I I listening for here? Like an audible voice? You know, (laughs) what is it exactly that I'm listening for? Well, I want to spend just a a moment giving us a rapid and non-exhaustive list of some of the main ways the Spirit speaks to us. And I'm saying it's going to be rapid because Jesus doesn't spend a large chunk of time, much time at all, talking about the different ways the Spirit speaks to us in this passage. But I still want to give us a few to think about. As far as how do you know when the Spirit is speaking? Well, you see, the Spirit often speaks, most often, through Scripture, right? As we'll see in a moment, because it is God-breathed. Sometimes the Spirit speaks to us through clear and distinct thoughts in our minds. How did the Spirit speak to Jesus? You know, through the Word of God. And I think Jesus just walked around and, man, his, his mind was always thinking the thoughts of the Spirit of God. He may speak to us through a wave of compassion we have for somebody. Or a holy irritation in our conscience when we know we're not doing something we should, should do. He may speak to us through other people. He's, he's occasionally, very rarely, spoken to me through dreams. And I think it's because God knows that when he speaks to me through dreams, I can't get up. Right? I can't go away. Like, he's got a captive audience in those moments. But there have been significant times I thought, wow, like, I think that was from God. And all these examples you see in Scripture, and I'm sure you could add a bunch more yourself. But that's just, just to start thinking through some of the main ways. But as we saw in this passage, Jesus' main focus here is not so much on the ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But when he does speak, how do we know when it's actually the Spirit and when it may be something else? And this is a huge and important question. Why? Because there have been a lot of people who claim to hear from God but actually haven't. Many religious leaders have taken advantage of and abused others under the phrase, well, God told me. There have been others who say, well, God told me X, Y, and Z, and you can't challenge it, you can't question it, because God told me. But actually, Scripture says we are supposed to weigh it. We are supposed to challenge it based on who we know the Holy Spirit to be. So how can we know when the Spirit is really speaking And when it's not. See, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, I'm just going to start here. He will always be moving us closer to Jesus. I can't say this enough. Before we go out and say, the Spirit told me X, Y, and Z. 
we really need to learn to pause and weigh it based on who Jesus told us his spirit was and is. Weigh it against who scripture says he is and see if it matches up. For example, this is a different sort of example. Let's say somebody came up to me today and they said, hey, Kirk, um, Shelby, Shelby's my wife. Shelby just told me um, that she thinks you're just an absolute loser. (laughs) Okay. Um, If I weigh that, you know, number one, Shelby never uses the word loser. That's just not something she does, right? Like based on how I know her. And number two, she doesn't talk about me like that, right? Like, I know that's not who she is. And so based on who I know her to be, I can confirm. She didn't say it. She didn't say it. And Jesus says here, he says, I'm going to tell you who the Holy Spirit is so that you can weigh. Did he actually say it? Is that from him or not? And 1 John 4.1 even tells us, it says that when, when we're unsure if something we're hearing is from God or not, to test the spirits to see whether they're from God. And so, how do we do that? Well, I want to give us three questions. Three questions. At any time you know, you're hearing something, you're discerning something to see if it could be the Spirit of God or not. Question number one. Is what I'm hearing leading me to know and trust Jesus more? 1 John 4, 2 said, This is how you recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Jesus himself, as we just read, said, The Spirit always testifies about him. So does what you're hearing or discerning lead you to know Jesus, love Jesus, worship Jesus, trust Jesus, enjoy Jesus, follow Jesus, obey Jesus, share Jesus, remember Jesus? You can keep going. Or does what I'm hearing lead me to exalt me, trust in me, follow my feelings, protect myself, seek my kingdom, boost my ego? There have been a lot of television preachers who've gotten filthy rich telling people that God told them that you're supposed to be filthy rich. But when we look at God's word and who Jesus says his spirit is, is, we learn that the Spirit is less concerned if we're filthy rich and more concerned if we are righteous. And he says, and that's why he testifies about the righteous one, Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who died to forgive our sin and rose again so that when we believe in him, his righteousness might be accredited to our account and that his Spirit might do the work in making us become like Jesus. There's more on that next week. We'll get to that next week. But if I am consistently living my life thinking about what I want and living for myself, and the Spirit of God is consistently leading me towards Jesus, then guess what? I'm going to miss the voice of God's Spirit because I'm not thinking in the same direction He is. But as I learn to love Jesus and give my life to Jesus, I'm going to begin to hear the voice of His Spirit a lot more often. You guys tracking with me? So how can we learn to discern question one? Is what I'm hearing leading me to Jesus? Question two, since he's the spirit of truth, does what he's saying line up with Scripture? 1 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. 
You guys remember last week we talked about how the Ruach, the Spirit of God, is also translated the breath of God. And so what this is saying is that God, by His Spirit, worked through human personality to inspire the very words we have in Scripture. The Scripture aren't just man's ideas plopped on a page, but it's actually the work of God's Spirit through human personality to give us the very words of God. In Acts 1.16, it even confirms that the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David, for example, who penned the Psalms. And so if, if the words we have of the Scripture are the words of God's Spirit, guess what? His Spirit, when He speaks, will not contradict them, but He will lead us back to them and simply confirm them. And this is why Scripture is one of the biggest ways that God's Spirit speaks to us, is that when we read this, we notice many times God allows it to pop off the page and illuminate our hearts because, it's, because He is ultimately taking God's Word and applying it to our lives. Now, When we read the Bible and try to understand it, this doesn't discount or say, well, we don't need the other tools of interpretation we have. We don't need Bible studies anymore. No, actually, the Holy Spirit's involved in all that too. Right? He often gives us tools of interpretation or other Christians so that we learn to discern together what he is saying. He guides us in all truth. Guides us in all truth. But when a thought hits our mind and we're not sure if it's God or not, We can't ask, well, how does what I'm hearing line up with who Scripture says God is? And how does what I'm hearing line up with who Scripture says I am? So if I have a thought that hits my mind that, uh, man, I'm such a failure and I'll never measure up, I can go back to God's Word and realize that the Spirit of God testifies for those who believe in Christ that we are sons and daughters of God, that we are dearly loved, accepted because of what Christ has done, that we've been given the spirit of adoption, that it's not based on whether we measure up or not, it's based on what Christ has already done, and if that's who I am, guess what? I don't have to listen to that thought of failure. I simply submit it right to God and say, that's not you. But if I do not spend time in God's word, if I'm not taking time to, to get to know God's word, then I'm going to be consistently confused as to what is and what is not in line with God's word, right? I think this is one reason why many uh, Christians end up getting his voice confused with certain human authorities or our feelings or cultural trends or, 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 or the loudest group around us, whoever that is, right? We end up getting their voice confused with God's voice because we're not sure how it all lines up because we don't know his word, And that's one reason why we need to know his word, because the spirit of truth and scripture, those two things work in conjunction together to grow us up in a solid foundation of maturity. I got to keep going. But that's, you guys get it, right? (laughs) You get it. The the spirit is speaking to us. Does it lead it to Jesus? Does it confirm the truth of God's word? But last question, last question. Does what I'm hearing or discerning convict and cure or condemn and confuse. Those last two, we know those are not characteristics of God's voice. Romans 8.1 says that our God, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 14.33 says our God is not a God of confusion, disorder. But I have to say this. 
Because there will be times when the Holy Spirit, in speaking to us, speaks to us and actually ends up disturbing us. Why? Because he needs to wake us up to the reality of our sin. Wake us up to the reality of thought patterns that are dangerous and unhealthy. But anytime God's Spirit does it, it is not to demean or abuse. But anytime he speaks, it's always in love in order to heal. That's why he was called the giver of life. And why Jesus keeps using this term, the advocate, which can also be translated counselor or helper. That, that when God's Spirit speaks, it, even, if it, even if it hurts, even if he shows us something in ourselves or in our lives that we don't want to see, it is always for the purpose of moving us toward healing and a hope. And so when the Spirit speaks, we may believe the Spirit is speaking, asking these three questions, does it lead me to Jesus? Does it line up and confirm the truth of God's word? And if it, does, if it is convicting, is it to cure? Is it to heal? And if we answer these questions, yes. What do we do with that? If we believe that the Holy Spirit has spoken to us, well, how do we allow that word not just to hit here, but actually sink in and transform us? Because we know that when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's always to eventually make us become more like Jesus. Right? He's leading us not just to info dump, but toward transformation. And so I want to get kind of practical here. As far as what do we do when we feel like God has spoken to us, whether it's through his word or through, uh, through our thoughts or something like that, what do we do? And someone gave me a diagram recently that I think is really helpful. I'm a visual learner, so I'm going to share it with you. And let's say here on the screen that this line at the top represents the timeline of your life, moving from left to right. And that X, it just symbolizes or represents a moment when God's spirit speaks to you. Okay, he's come and he's spoken. Maybe you've been reading the Bible. And as you're reading, man, like something just stands out to you and all of a sudden begins to clarify things in your heart and your mind, something you're dealing with. Maybe you're riding in your car and all of a sudden this thought hits you and you're in the midst of going through something hard and that thought all of a sudden brings clarity to what it is that you're dealing with, all right? Whatever it might be, that X represents the moment that God speaks to you. From that point... Follow that up by saying, okay, number one, what is God saying here? What is God saying? Let's go to the next slide for me. And as you question that, first, just observe what's been said. Two, reflect, pray. God, was that you? Does that lead me closer to Jesus? Does that line up with your word? Is that something that is, if it is convicting, is it ultimately to cure? And then third, and this is big, this is the point when we can actually bring somebody else in, another Christian that we trust, to come in and say, hey, do you think this is from God? This is what I'm discerning. What do you think? And this is big, because we all have different reasons for, quote, unquote, static on the line between us and God. We all have insecurities, past wounds. We all have uh, different blind spots in our lives. And it's, so it's important to, to bounce these things off of other followers of Christ that we trust. The other day, like last week, I had something 
something. I was driving in the car, and all of a sudden, this thought hit me that was completely different from the rest of the patterns of my thoughts. And, and all of a sudden, like, it came with just this peace, and it came with this clarity as to something I was struggling with. And I came home, I said, you know, Shelby, I, I think this is what I heard. What do you think? What do you think? Instead of just, God told me. It's like, well, I want to weigh this with you. And we find that that becomes a very healthy place to discern what God's Spirit is saying. This is one of the reasons why we as a church, we, we, we try not to just operate as I'm the pastor and let me tell you what God said. We try to operate as a team, even within our staff. We say, hey, this is what I think God's saying. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And so that we learn to collectively discern God's Spirit together. Gosh, it's so healthy. It's so healthy. But after we've discerned the what... Then we're moving to the question of, okay, well then how should I live differently now as a result of that? Many of you know, the book of James says, don't just be hearers of the word, but what? Doers of the word. So based on what I heard, what is a plan that we can make from that? A plan of action. How can somebody else hold me accountable to what it is God showed me? And three, what action might I take because the Holy Spirit has spoken to you? Now, these questions, well, they've been huge for me because I've realized how many times I get to that place of the X in my life, and I'm just like, that was cool, and I just keep on moving. Or I get to the place of the X and say, well, what was God saying? And then I enjoy this good feeling and peace and all that, but then I don't do anything with it. I don't respond to it. I don't live any differently as a result of it. And much of that, it's like if we went to the doctor and the doctor got honest with us and said, yeah, man, you got some health problems and you need to start eating better and exercising. Like, ah, oh, thanks, doc. You know, I appreciate that. And we walked out of there and we didn't do a lick with it. Right? When ultimately the reason why the doctor's telling you this is revealing the reality of your health is so that you can grow healthier. And when the spirit of truth reveals to us reality, it is ultimately to lead us to become more like Jesus. So it's not just the what, but how will we respond? Truth is, Jesus wants us to learn to discern what his spirit is saying so that we may know the truth and allow him to transform us. And the key word in all of that just now is the word learn. Because everything I'm talking about, it's a process. And the only way to learn is to practice. Right? As we learn to set apart time to be with God, to read his word, to sharpen our ability to be able to discern when he's speaking and when he's not. And for some of us, like, my, like myself, I'll admit, like, sometimes I'm just, it's, life is busy the kids are going this way, and life is going this way, and responsibilities everywhere. And sometimes it's like, ah! It's like we're reacting to life. But in order to actually set apart time to practice this, oftentimes it means i got to cut something out. Something else has got to be cut out in order to make time for this. But do we realize this is not an obligation? This is God Almighty speaking to you and me. And I have to ask, when you open your Bible and read it, what if God actually wants to bring those words and apply them directly in your life? What if that thought that hits you in the car, what if that actually is God's Spirit speaking to you? 
What if that Christian friend who's been telling you that same thing over and over again, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. What if they're actually speaking from God's spirit in order to build you up, not tear you down? What if that worship song that gets stuck in your head when you wake up in the morning or that verse that hits you in midday, what if that's actually God's spirit speaking? What I hope is that we as a church just grow more curious. That we start to think, man, my God is alive. He's dynamic and he's at work and the spirit of truth is speaking. And that we learn together what it means to discern his voice. Because Jesus wants us to learn to discern what his spirit is saying so that we may know his truth and allow him to transform us.